0: What your country can do for you. There's last time, I tell to I believe,
1: The of the little oh, you little mouse, so won't you go away? One ringy dingy. Hand off to Griffin, traction the middle, gets the five. Touchdown, Ohio State. Oh, Oklahoma, where the wind comes sweeping down the plain. I'm interested to know, Gracie, who's your choice? Need you ask, George? Time now for Spinning My Dad's Vinyl. Here, with all his skips, scratches, and pops, is my dad, Frank Vaccarello.
2: Thanks, sweetie, and thank you for tuning into episode 17 of Spinning My Dad's Vinyl. I grew up listening to some of the greatest musicians in jazz because of my dad's collection. And this album has several huge name talents playing together. So, time to get inducted into the avant garde with Volume 17 Modern Jazz Hall of Fame. Charlie Mingus Quintet with Extra Sensory Perception, written by Mingus, who of course was playing bass and was the leader on this session, Lee Konitz on alto saxophone, George Cautson on cello, Al Levitt on drums, and Phyllis Pinkerton on piano. That was recorded at Lenny Tristano's Manhattan Studio, East 32nd Street in New York City on April 12th, 1952. Now, we will feature Mingus in our bio today. There are just too many stars to do bios for everybody, but uh, we'll have that coming up in a little bit. So, why this album? Well, sometimes I recognize the album cover, and I remember the music. This is one of them. The album cover shows all of the instruments that can be found in jazz bands, and I've been a big fan of two of the musicians that you're going to hear a a couple times in this episode, well, Dizzy, Gillespie is Dizzy, and you never know where he's going to show up in recordings. Then there's Charlie Parker. Bird, the legend of Charlie Parker, was probably one of, if not the first biography I ever read about jazz musicians. That was nearly 40 years ago. So I was extremely happy to see this record in my dad's collection especially once we get to some very special live recordings later in this episode. So, time now for one of the most up-tempo tunes you will hear on Spinning My Dad's Vinyl. Sam Most Quartet with Notes to You, written by Richard Rogers. On bass was Percy Heath, drums Louis Belson, piano Bob Doro, and the clarinet and leader of the band Sam Most, recorded on December 29th, 1953 in New York City. So, let's talk about the album in this episode. It is by various artists, and it's Modern Jazz Hall of Fame Volume 1. The label is Design Records, number DLP29. It's a series, the Design Collector Series Hall of Fame Volume 1. Do not believe my dad has Volume 2 or any of the others. It is a mono vinyl LP compilation. It was released in 1957. Its genre is jazz and the style is bop. Now, we're going to read very short part of the liner notes here, because the liner notes on this uh, really deal with all of the songs um, and who's on the songs. Now, the, the part of the liner notes I am going to read does deal with one of the songs in particular and a couple of the songs later in the episode that you will be hearing. Here assembled for the first time, Design Records presents one of the greatest assemblages of modern jazz talent ever recorded. Starting with Perdido, recorded by Dizzy Gillespie, Bud Powell, Charlie Mingus, Max Roach, and Charlie Chan on sax, is a true jazz classic. The recording was made in Massey Hall in Toronto, Canada, under the sponsorship of the New Jazz Society of Toronto. Comment by Nat Hentoff of Downbeat, the Bible of the music world, was, quote, This is what records are for. It would be a shame to lose this after only one performance. And like I said, we're going to hear that performance specifically a little bit later in this show. Uh, Let's take a look at what Discogs has to say about the value of this album. Comes in at highest uh, at $6 and a lowest value at $0.99. eBay had a couple of copies anywhere between $6.25 and $17. And Amazon, eh, $4.23, but a high price. Of course, it's Amazon. $44.75. $44.75. Now, my dad's album, both the record itself and the cover, are in very poor condition. Huge slit in the bottom seam. In fact, I should probably put some tape on this. Otherwise, this album is eventually going to fall out of the bottom of this cover. Um, lots of skips. Even in this episode, there are a few skips. Um, this is one of those albums that will be in a box at a at a yard sale, a box of 20 or 20 for a buck (laughs) oh well some really good music on it in fact next up is an interesting instrumentation Uh, the brass is all trombones no trumpets but it's still good anyway Winding's jazz workshop with Kai's Day, written by Kai Winding. Charlie Mingus on bass, Arthur Taylor on drums, John Lewis on piano. The other trombone players were Benny Green, J.J. Johnson, and Willie Dennis. And that was recorded on September 18th, 1953. Okay, let's talk about the artist who plays on four tunes on this eight-tune record. Charles Mingus, Jr., was born April 22, 1922, died January 5, 1979. He was an American jazz double bassist, pianist, composer, and bandleader. A major proponent of collective improvisation, he is considered to be one of the greatest jazz musicians and composers in history, with a career spanning three decades and collaborations with other jazz legends such as Louis Armstrong, Duke Ellington, Charlie Parker, Dizzy Gillespie, Danny Richmond, and Herbie Hancock. Mingus's compositions continue to be played by contemporary musicians, ranging from the repertory bands Mingus Big Band, Mingus Dynasty, and Mingus Orchestra to the high school students who play the charts and compete in the Charles Mingus High School Competition. In nineteen ninety three, the Library of Congress acquired Mingus's collected papers, including scores, sound recordings, correspondence, and photos, in what they described as the most important acquisition of a manuscript collection relating to jazz in the library's history. His mother allowed only church-related music in their home, but Mingus developed an early love for other music, especially Duke Ellington. He studied trombone and later cello, although he was unable to follow the cello professionally because at the time it was nearly impossible for a black musician to make a career of classical music, and the cello was not yet accepted as a jazz instrument. Despite this, Mingus was still attached to the cello, as he studied bass with Red Calendar in the late 1930s. Calendar even commented that cello was still Mingus's main instrument. In his autobiography Beneath the Underdog, Mingus states that he did not actually start learning bass until Buddy Collette accepted him into a swing band under the stipulation that he be the band's bass player. Due to a poor education, the young Mingus could not read musical notation quickly enough to join the local youth orchestra. This had a serious impact on his early musical experiences, leaving him feeling ostracized from the classical music world. These early experiences, in addition to his lifelong confrontations with racism, were reflected in his music, which often focused on themes of racism, discrimination, and injustice. Mingus gained a reputation as a bass prodigy. His first major professional job was playing with a former Ellington clarinetist. He toured with Louis Armstrong in 1943 and by early 1945 was recording in Los Angeles. He then played with Lionel Hampton's band in the late 1940s. Hampton performed and recorded several of Mingus's pieces. A popular trio of Mingus, Red Norvo and Ty Farlow in 1950 and 1951, received considerable acclaim. But Mingus's race caused problems with club owners and he left the group. Mingus was briefly a member of Ellington's band in 1953 as a substitute for bassist Wendell Marshall. Mingus' notorious temper led to his being one of the few musicians personally fired by Ellington after a backstage fight. Also in the early 1950s, before attaining commercial recognition as a bandleader, Mingus played gigs with Charlie Parker, whose compositions and improvisations greatly inspired and influenced him. Mingus considered Parker the greatest genius and innovator in jazz history, but he had a love-hate relationship with Parker and his legacy, and we'll talk about that in this show's interesting side note. By the mid-1970s, Mingus was suffering from ALS. Lou Gehrig's disease. His once formidable bass technique declined until he could no longer play the instrument. He continued composing, however, and supervised a number of recordings before his death. At the time of his death, he was working with Joni Mitchell on an album eventually titled titled Mingus, which included lyrics added by Mitchell to his compositions, including Goodbye Pork Pie Hat. The album featured the talents of Wayne Shorter, Herbie Hancock, and another influential bassist and composer, Jaco Pastorius. Mingus died age 56 in Mexico, where he had traveled for treatment and convalescence. His ashes were scattered in the Ganges River. Now, one of my favorite jazz melodies with Mingus on bass, and as a bonus... It's live. Gotta call the trio back on here now if they'd care to join us. Charlie Mingus, of course, on bass. Here he is. Bud Powell on piano. Bud. <laughs> It's the Bud Powell Trio with that standard Under My Skin written by Cole Porter. Charlie Mingus on bass, Max Roach on drums, and Bud Powell, the leader of the band, on piano. Recorded May fifteenth, 1953 at Massey Hall in Toronto. That's that uh, concert chatted a little bit about in liner notes. Interesting side note for this episode is Mingus' love-hate relationship with Charlie Parker. Mingus was conflicted and sometimes disgusted by Parker's self-destructive habits and the romanticized lore of drug addiction they offered to other jazz musicians. In response to the many sax players who imitated Parker, Mingus titled a song, If Charlie Parker Were a Gunslinger, There'd Be a Whole Lot of Dead Copycats, that was released on Mingus' dynasty as Gunslinging Bird. One story has it that Mingus was involved in a notorious incident while playing a 1955 club date billed as a reunion with Parker, Powell, and Roach. Powell, who suffered from alcoholism and mental illness, possibly exacerbated by a severe police beating and electroshock treatments, had to be helped from the stage, unable to play or speak coherently. As Powell's incapacitation became apparent, Parker stood in one spot at a microphone, chanting, Bud Powell, Bud Powell as if beseeching Powell's return. Allegedly, Parker continued this incantation for several minutes after Powell's departure, to his own amusement and Mingus's exasperation. Mingus took another microphone and announced to the crowd, Ladies and gentlemen, please don't associate me with any of this. This is not jazz. These are sick people. This was Parker's last public performance, because about a week later, he died after years of substance abuse. Now, I mentioned it earlier, great bio on Charlie Parker, Bird, the legend of Charlie Parker. I took away plenty of extra knowledge about a world most of us will never see and never really want to see, and a better appreciation for how advances in recording technology came about in those days and the reasons why. All right, back to music, doing a pictures job. There is Thad Jones with Strings doing the song Portrait, written by Thad Jones. On bass was Milt Hinton, Jackson Wiley on cello, Joe Morello on drums, Billy Taylor on piano, and the band leader Thad Jones playing trumpet. It was recorded on September 17, 1954. All I can say is I really enjoyed getting to know the music that was on this album. I also enjoyed the research I did for the episode as well. I found out even more about this era and some very interesting backstage stories, including the information we heard earlier about the music from this concert. And there is the Dizzy Gillespie Quintet with Perdido, written by Juan Tizol. Charlie Parker was on alto sax, Charlie Mingus on bass, Bud Powell on piano, Max Roach on drums, and the leader Dizzy Gillespie on trumpet. And it was recorded May fifteenth, 1953 at Massey Hall in Toronto. It was the only time that the five musicians recorded together as a unit and it was the last recorded meeting of Parker and Gillespie. Well, thanks for tuning into to Volume 17, Modern Jazz Hall of Fame, however you did. If you want more information about this podcast, head over to spinningmydadsvinyl.com. I'll be back next week with all my skips, scratches, and pops with Volume 18, NOT THE ORIGINAL GODFATHER. Go with the flow, my friends.